You're listening to Podcast with Curtis Mack. Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's Curtis Mack. Welcome to Podcast with Curtis Mack, 2023 edition. And I have a special guest with me. He's been in the booth with me for um, an interview or two once back in the day uh, when I was in college. But without further ado, what's going on, Steve? Not much, Curtis. Nice to be here. Thank you for being here. I guess it'd be classified as an academic, uh, working private institution in higher education, uh, two different ones, one and one facet and another and another, and uh, hold multiple positions there. So Sure. So how long have you been in the academic world? Uh, forever. Um, you know, starting off as a student myself, 18 years old, went into teaching uh, right out of college, and then after that, stayed in academia, uh, not as a teacher, but uh, later as an adjunct faculty member, but most of the time I've been in academia in one way, shape, or form. I worked with Youth Consultation Services. I worked with uh, Devereaux. Uh, I worked with Centenary University. I worked with Fairleigh Dickinson University, County College of Morris. So I've kind of been around a little bit and worked at uh, Greystone Psychiatric Hospital for a little while. How was that? Um, interesting. Pretty um, sure my grandma was there. I did an internship there. And uh, in college at Rutgers University and uh, worked in the um, in one unit that was uh, pretty hectic and saw some uh, pretty life opening <laughs> things, you know, when it comes to, uh, you know, running into the day to day uh, scenarios with uh, the severely mentally ill. Sure. As you know, I, I also teach myself a little bit. I'm certified to substitute teach in New Jersey and uh, I, I taught autistic preschool the other day that was definitely an eye-opening experience that's a difficult gig uh i interviewed at a job uh, one of the first teaching jobs was at a school that was for autistic children and uh after just watching in the first three minutes i saw one of the kids biting uh, a woman in the arm and then another kid spinning in a woman's face yeah it's difficult <clears throat> i mean it's difficult and uh like you said you have to have a the ability to keep your own composure, very good impulse control, because I mean, like, you know, someone goes and hits you, you know, your first response has to be altered. And that's difficult for a lot of people. Yeah, and that's also when I went through my training, I went through like GCN training and all this stuff for education, and you're not allowed to initiate touching students. You can't do that. You can't touch the students. Yeah, I had two different then, trainings. I had SOLVE, which is Strategies of Limiting Violent Episodes, mm -hmm. and CPI, Crisis Prevention Intervention. And in both those trainings, it's a defensive training like you said it's it's to what happens after so uh why is working with maybe kids or students or, or you know people in the academic world important to you i think it's uh personally gratifying so i mean uh ultimately it never comes with much money so i mean it's not ever a draw is that oh i'm gonna make a ton of money in academia um it's it's just where you feel like you belong you have a niche and you're just like hey this is what i should be doing and working with people just you know has always seemed to be that that thing um, I've been told by numerous people, which is, you know, I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but like when people say you have a gift, that's, and it comes from, you know, numerous people, that's, uh, you listen to that. You you, you sure. take heed and say, hey, you know what? Maybe there is something here. Maybe this sure. is something I'm good at. Yeah. I, when I was in college, when I was in Center University, I never even, I thought like tutors were for, for dummies. You know, I'm like, oh, a tutor? What are you talking about? And then all of a sudden the library has like on call tutors for to read your papers and edit and check the grammar and the word choice. And like, I'm like, oh my God, this is great. This is like a free editing software, but a human being. Yeah. And so, the, and that's, and that's part, where we connected. Yeah. That's definitely part of the problem is that negative stigma people come in with about tutors. You know, and the library in, in general yeah. and not knowing the resources that they have and what they're there for. And I mean, it, you know, even the public library is there to assist its patrons. You know, it's there to help out people in their community. And I just think it's like a re untapped resource that no one really, you know, takes advantage of. 
And sure. uh, same in academia. The only thing is that is that once people cross that threshold and they decide to come into the library, then they realize, like, holy Christ, my whole educational experience is going to be different because it's going to be a lot easier because of this this route. Yeah, I used to lock in, dude. You know, I used to go in there and lock in for, like, an hour and a half or more, just straight in and just, here I am, I'm in the library. It was almost like another course. Yeah, exactly. And that's the whole thing. My undergraduate, I just remember sitting there and then going finding my spot, sitting there, and, and three, four hours goes by, and you're like, dude, I just pounded away some heavy-duty academics. Yeah. And, and then you know, you're ready. Yeah, you know? and then you get someone like yourself or, you know, whomever, you know, at the time, can take a look at it and because an extra set of eyes on your work is always good no matter if you're writing something or editing something whatever it may be so. of course and you know you, you tend not to you read over your own errors you know you read it the way you want it to say in your head not what it actually says on paper sure. so a lot of times you'll have that you know the wrong thing there and you know it's better to have a second pair of eyes like you said i remember dr severe never used to use the word you yeah yeah you know, when you're writing so if you use you more than three times in your paper you'd fail you you yeah. know so I'm like, well, how do I use it instead of you? It's like an individual one, yeah. you know? So it's like you're not supposed to talk directly at the person. And so. how punny is it that his name is Severe? Oh, know? yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's oh, pretty God. Severe, he, was, he was a great teacher. Yeah, he was. And uh, you miss him. I think he's at Valparaiso right now. Oh, God bless him. Yeah. Well, speaking of memorable person. moments, what was your most memorable moment when it came to the academic world? Uh, one young lady, uh, she had it rough. Um, I tutored her and... Uh, she decided that her last semester she's going to go off on her own and, and, and be able to, you know, to go through school without any, any academic help whatsoever. Uh, she failed the research methods class that she really needed to take, and then um, so she had to take it again. And then she failed it a second time. And uh, when she failed it the second time, the school pretty much gave her the exit. They said, you're done. The only way she could get back in, uh, and you're talking about a senior now with 114 credits, mm, 115 credits. Almost there. She had to go back, um, pass that class, because she had one more chance at it. But before that, she had to go to community college and have a decent enough GPA to bring it up to go reapply. So she had to reapply to school. When she was at school, her dad had rented out her room to somebody else Mm. because he needed the extra income. So she ended up having to do a semester going to community college and sleeping on her couch in the living room. In her own place. So it's, it's rough. She got back in. And then um, she she came to me and said, look, I want to work with you. I got to take these three classes, which is 12 credits. And I'm going to be completely honest. I, I need your help. I said, if you regiment Monday, Wednesday, five o'clock to eight o'clock every day, you know, that I put on the schedule, you come in those Mondays and Wednesdays and, and we'll do this. So she did. And um, she ended up uh, finishing with 4.0 that semester. Uh, she graduated. She passed the research methods class with an A, obviously. Nice. And then uh, so ultimately the most gratifying part was is that you know she didn't take out that $47,000 worth of loans for nothing. Yeah. She graduated. I think one of the most glorifying things is to see that. Mm. Now, she'd asked about me, I heard like two years ago or something like that, and, and that's you know nice that she remembers you, you sure. know, the assistance that you gave her. But you know I just think it's uh, you know one of those jobs where you help people, then down the road you start to wonder, huh, what did that person ever become? What did that, you know, what did, sure. who, what did happen to Curtis Mack, you know? And then all of a sudden you're sitting here and you're like, all right. I'm in the podcast with him. What's going on? Exactly. So who inspired you to do this? You know what? I, the first time I think I've ever had help, and this is real deep and uh, emotional here, but um, I was nine and my, uh, my dad had just passed away. And my aunt had spoken to me uh, for about three and a half hours. And she talked to me, telling me things could be all right, you know, this and that. And uh, she was the first person that ever had like a really deep, long talk with me. And uh, and when you sat there, and as you got older, 
you started to realize that, you know what, sometimes, you know, people of, you know, that are a little bit more intelligent have things to say. And for those people that are willing to listen, there's a lot of good advice that can be taken from that. And uh, so for me, it was her probably um, motivating me that, you know, things are going to be all right, things are going to move on and uh, to do it. And then when as I grew older myself, I uh, started to witness friends, you know, other people started to have problems and whatnot. And then you just talk to them. And, uh, you know, then you just realize that, you know, you have a niche for helping other people. And then you're like, you know what? I don't have to get paid for it, but this is just something I choose to do. You just be a decent human being to other people. And next thing you know, you know what? Uh, You help a slew of people on the way. It's 100%. And and with that being said, they say information is power, right? Mm -hmm. But nowadays, information is so accessible. But it's not necessarily the right information. Sometimes it's information overload. Sure. So, so taking it old school and, and talking to a human being that's been through it might be better resource for information to guide whomever into you know through their situation, rather than you know steering to the phone and say, oh, okay, I have this problem. What do I do? Yeah. You know, versus asking a real human being that's been there in the <clears throat> 80s or 90s or earlier. You know. Sure. And I, <laughs> you know, for a long time I thought it was going to revert back to that, but I think the internet and everything that's gone on has 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 put it out there where you know and everyone's going to self-diagnose everything that they've got and they're going to do it because they have WebMD at their fingertips and everything else. And I'm going to ask Google, you know, why does this happen? But I mean, that's the problem is that, you know, just getting out there and talking to somebody, sometimes it's just talking. It's not even getting answers. It's just being heard. You know, some people just want to be heard, you know, and once they get it off their chest, I mean, you ever have that uh, situation in a general psych class I took a long time ago, uh, the professor told me, if you're really irritated with somebody, write them a letter about how pissed off you are about it. Mm. And then after you're done, read it out back to yourself. Then once you're done with that, rip it up and throw it in the garbage and don't ever think about doing anything that you wrote in that letter ever again. You know, when you get to meet somebody, you, you know, you get one, you know, uh, representation of how they might be outside of this. And it doesn't deviate too far from what you really meet them. I mean, some people do get real loosened up and, you know, become a different way. But I've had professors that numerous times I was like, dude, I could do this job better than this guy. Can. I've said that you know? a million times and then, about it, so many different positions, you know. I know. So then you sit there and you're like, well, then prove it, you know, go out and prove it. But I'm yeah. only proving it to myself. That's why, you know, you become an adjunct professor so you could teach the class. And then, you know, you get graded by the students and they do the, uh, the evaluation and uh, student opinion reports, the SORs. And uh, and you read what they have to say, and it's it's enlightening. Because I feel the same way about substituting. Because you know? yeah. after I substitute, before I substitute, the kids are like, "Oh my God, Mr. Mac's gonna be here today!" Yeah, like that's powerful. That the school should recognize that. That if they're that psyched about me subbing a week from now, yeah. obviously I have something to offer. You know, or at least, you know, and I got that from, from you and, and from the people at Centenary. Like, that's what you became an adjunct. I became a sub. Like, that's why I did it, you know, and that to, to reconnect with old connections and reestablish that, but also to mentor the kids. I feel like sometimes I can have more of an impact in, in seven hours with those 25 kids per every 40 minutes than their teacher can in an entire school year. Sure. Because and if it, you can relate to them, then... Exactly. And, and, and it's even just wanting to relate to them, you know, because a lot of t- people, it's, it's, you know, it's time clock job. You go in, you check in, you, all right, this kid's, you know, they just want to get the year over to get a new batch of kids. You know, being in education, you know, you're sitting there and you're like, hey, look, you know what? I find this is an opportunity to uh, make much of a difference as possible in that limited amount of time. So uh, taking advantage of that is, like I said, got a lot of attributes of the, uh, you know, successful people in that sense with working with people. Of course, sure. the money is horrible. 
<laughs> the money is horrible. They just upped the rates in Jefferson Township, but the you know in, in the Hackettstown district, they're not the best. Um, they're not the best anywhere. You know, I know Dover is probably the highest paying one in Northern New Jersey. It's like two hundred and fifty a day for substitutes, and then you have the stigma of like, oh my God, well half the kids can't speak English, so what am I going to do? How am I going to teach? So then people don't even try. And also the the glass ceiling or like the the amount of holes or hoops you have to jump through to become you know at least a sub. Like, oh my gosh, yeah, they may it's like background check, fingerprint, transfer your ID, do this, do that, do this, do this oh, training, transcripts, um, it, yeah. all this stuff, you sure. know, unofficial transcripts, official transcripts, all this stuff. And, and you're like a pile of stuff. And you're like, you show up for work. You don't get paid for the training. You don't get paid for the R&D that you have to do for all that kind of stuff. You don't get paid for any of it. And then you show up and then they're like, okay, a hundred bucks for today. And you're like, dude, I could have made like a, you know, I could have sold a stereo in my garage for a hundred bucks, Yeah. you know? So, but like you said, you got to want to do it. Yeah. And uh, like I said, it's it's not not about the money. Unfortunately, uh, it would be nice if you, it could could be compensated, but it's not. So that yeah, that kind of brings me to my, one of my topics I want to talk to you about today, more or less, and dive into it is because like people that are teaching our youth, uh, you know, you know, through the public system, the government system, whatever you want to call it, even private sector, like they don't necessarily get paid the most to teach kids. And then on the other hand, you have people uh, that are public figures um, that are out there, you know, Nicki Minaj, Snoop Dogg, and, and all these rappers and, and celebrities that, that are influencing the kids, but not necessarily in the best way, right? You know, you know do drugs, shake your ass, drive a fast car, you know, F the police, and all this stuff that's, that's coming from w- maybe what environment that individual grew up in. But for some reason, that mentality is is idolized and then and then commercialized and then sold and broadcasted to these kids that barely want to pay attention to school because their teacher's not getting paid enough to keep their attention. Mm-hmm. So now they're watching Snoop Dogg videos in the back, and and then all of a sudden you see you know Nicki Minaj or somebody like that you know on these like MTV awards and all that, and you're like, oh my god, they're really doing it, you know. And then on my end, I'm like, well, what's Viacom doing? You know, having this guy influence kids. You don't you know what he does? Mm-hmm. So it's like, how does that? like you know the kids gravitate towards that so i know that there's a little bit of narcissism that that the higher-ups like in individuals to you know promote that individual you know i'm above the law type sure. deal maybe you want to tap into that a little bit i mean here it, in it, it's so. the trickle down effect like you were talking about with that uh, you know uh you know going down to the suburbs and you know having influence on the kids that uh that have no correlation to that type of mentality that type of upbringing and whatnot but it sells you know and being marketed to kids is is another way that kids are going to buy things kids are going to occupy the internet kids are going to be you know more susceptible to advertisements than adults would be you know people set in their ways they set modern trends and uh like you said with the narcissism aspect i mean you know it goes everywhere you know it's in politics it's everywhere and that's the problem with it i mean uh you know you see the uh this the Donald Trump with the NFTs and people don't come to the reality that these people are making money. That's mm-hmm. what they're doing. That's what their job is. Yeah. To be cool enough just to make money. If you're not paying for the product, you're usually the product. Yeah, it could be. Yeah. You know, exactly. So I just, for me, I'm just, I would love to ask you like straight up, like, what is that? Why is, why is, you know, gang violence or, or, you know, stripping or dancing explicitly or, you know, uh, getting in trouble and, and, you know, being above the law or outside the law. Like, why is that so attractive to everyone? Well, it, it's attractive to, you know, a certain base. Like, you know, it's not True. attractive. It's it, a lot of people, um, you know, they 
the bad boy attitude mm -hmm. uh, comes with this lifestyle that they feel is unattainable unless you're bad boy. You mm -hmm. know, if you're not a gangster, if you're not, you know, this this person who's got, you know, the fast cars and F the police and, and that kind of attitude, you're not going to get that the, the high up on that hierarchy. And if you're a guy who studies regularly and whatnot, you know, how cool is that? You're not going to sell that to people, you know, but what you can sell is, you know, this and this and these fast cars and fast women and stuff because it's idolized in our society. It shows success. It shows that they've made it in one way, shape or form. In the most, you know, forward, you know, aspect, it's like, it's all just a show. It's marketing. It's smoke and mirrors. And the people that are seeing that don't realize that it's smoke and mirrors. Exactly. So now when they go for guidance, they don't ask their teacher. They go and they watch a video of, you know, Tory Lanes or something. And then, you know, that's the way they, they oh, this is the way I should think or approach things, you know? Like, yeah. I read today a 14-year-old kid was, uh, was gunned down in Georgia and he was uh, killed by a 16-year-old kid. And the whole thing took place over a social media beef that the two had. And then one showed up at a house with guns and then uh, they, you know, left. And then that kid went back with his friends with their guns and a bunch of people were shot. I think three people were shot, two people were killed. But, I mean, here's your social media and your, your, your gang, you know, type mentality. <clears throat> and then, unfortunately, you see this stuff go and it's, it's, it becomes, you know, how they relate becomes real. You know, all of a sudden you want that stuff. And then when the kid has a gun, now it is real. And now, you know, now that whole lifestyle that, you know, was acted upon by these actors, because that's what they are when they get older. You know, Snoop Dogg is acting, you know, like... Publicly, hey, though. Yes, publicly, in, in, in everyone's eyes. These kids aspired to this, and, uh, and here it is over social media, and now some kid's going to spend the rest of his life in jail. You know, because of a decision that he made at 14 years old. Based on what he thought, what yeah. he should be idolizing. You yeah, know? And I mean, that's what I'm saying. Why is that lifestyle idolized by most? It's so weird. <clears throat> yeah, it's 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 kind of like the one of the downfalls in our society is that, you know what, that the people that are out there, you know, the, uh, the Dr. Fauci's aren't being idolized by kids. You know, they're not saying or like, you know, it's some scientist at Pfizer who's helping, you know, save tons of lives by trying to come up with something they're actually almost demonized i know yeah and that's the whole point so i mean there was a time when i was uh in the late 90s when uh you know all my buddies were going to college back in the day right yeah, exactly and uh you know everyone started to, to swerve from uh, the medical field to uh, financial sure and uh it, it was just because everyone's worried about the financial stability mm -hmm. and it's like well a doctor is going to get sued for x y and z so let's steer more toward the financial districts and uh, a lot of my friends who were going to be doctors ended up going you know and working on wall street sure. and i mean it's it's about the money for them as well and now for me i put it on facebook the other day i'm very vocal i never mm -hmm. i had an opportunity to work with wnbc cbs um <clears throat> all these like high-end news places but i'm like once you take a, a job as a reporter there you have to be very careful on what you do and what you say so i turned it down so i was actually i had two opportunities to work in the helicopter um you know i think it was for wnbc mm -hmm. uh, but i turned it down because i don't want to be known for this and then be stuck to it and then ridiculed and criticized but so anyway on my facebook i posted like i watched the new pinocchio did you see it no <clears throat> oh my god dude it gave me nightmares Seriously. swear to god because this this show it was so it was pg but the message behind it was giving me chills the whole time it was this little boy you know that you know that passed away and the father tried to recreate him in the, in the second you know version of him which was a wooden version mm -hmm. but that boy was supposed to go to school and stay on his academics and become a you know xyz and, be, and stay on track and all of a sudden i don't know if it's supposed to be the devil but it looked like the devil this guy ran a circus mm -hmm. and he kept trying to get pinocchio on his way to school to join the circus and shine a sign a contract for show business and he eventually did it and then he 
turned out that you know it all got burned and crashed to the ground immediately and he mm-hmm. wasn't you know he wasn't sending money back to Pinocchio's papa and all this stuff and lying to him and using him and all this stuff and he went in it so innocently into show business and now he was being used and manipulated and exploited and you know and all this stuff so I'm like Jesus Christmas I see all these people doing TikToks and stuff and I'm like what is everyone trying out for the effing circus dude like it seems like everyone wants to be a circus act you know look at me look at me look at me and it's like I could either shake my ass I can you know swallow 10 gallons of vodka you know whatever they want to do to get seen it's like it seems like everyone's trying out to be a circus act yeah and that's again it's one of the downfalls that we've had with social media and the internet you know it's talent show for assholes some people call it pretty much you know i mean you get to that point where you're just like you know you only hope that you know you know People are dying over stupid stuff. I saw the one day, and you guys probably you know saw this, is that a guy was doing a selfie and, and on by the train tracks, yes. and he got hit by a train. It's doing 114 miles an hour. Well, you know, who, I mean, who put that train there? <laughs> exactly. You know? And you're sitting here like, but at to what end are these people? You hear about people falling off cliffs, mm. taking selfies in these these opportunities. I mean, this is what we've become as a society. I the think negative if you're, repercussions so, if you're so easily influenced, then, you know, <clears throat> maybe you shouldn't be out in public. I don't <laughs> know. You know, like yeah. one new song comes out and then everyone buys that car. Everyone does this. Everyone. So yeah. it's like, geez, Louise, like are you that easily, you know, swayed? Well, you know, like I said, you know, again, about the marketing and the advertising <clears throat> and the, the, the power that these, you know, companies have over people i worry about it with you know kids you, you sit there and you're like you know and oh, my kids aren't gonna be easy influence when i was growing up i mean as, as negative as people might see it I, I just didn't follow the trends with a lot of things mm-hmm. and then now i see that uh you know as an adult you're right as a kid it's a waste of tons of money i mean you know and I, my daughter was worried about a situation because she didn't have an iphone mm-hmm. you know and that people would mock her for having an android mm-hmm. and i was like you serious like you're serious and she's like yeah you know i mean mm-hmm. that's where we've come in our society the people are missing out you. right yeah yeah or being ridiculed for you know thinking when, different yeah yours isn't as good as everyone else and i was like you know they're the lemmings you're not you know I yeah mean, here's the situation you know you've got to you know deviate from what the norm is because sometimes the norm is craziness in itself you know they're not thinking about their long-term futures no a lot of people and so when they follow these trends and they they buy these things that they buy you're buying them to impress the Joneses. And, and at yeah. the same time, to, to what avail? You know, the Joneses are going to move in three years. Yeah. You know, and then what? You know, And they're financed by somebody you're not even seeing, you exactly. know, behind the scenes. And it's all an act. And that's why if there's one course, if you don't want to go to college, there's one course I suggest everyone takes is like sociology of media or oh, psychology yeah. of media. Definitely. Because like you'll understand like, oh, my God, everything is staged. Like Jersey Shore. Mm-hmm. They were paid $20,000, I think, minimum per episode, but they're not allowed to use their phones. They had to use the duck phones. They can't use this. There's are certain things that people do, they make them do, and then they film it, and they're like, oh, my God, that's real. And it's like, no, it's not the case. You exactly. Know? It's not the case. Just because you see it on TV doesn't mean it's real, you know? Yeah. And there, it, with this TikTok stuff and, like, a lot of the, you know, everyone, you know, you say everyone wants to be in medical, then finance, and now it seems like everyone wants to be in broadcast media mm-hmm. or production now, you know? And it's, that's cool. That's cool and all, but, you know, for people like me, I'm a little like i don't know i i jealous or taken back or upset because you know i i worry about headroom and lead room and the right mic and you know the aggregate device and, and you know audio visual and channels in and output and all this stuff and then meanwhile i go on the, you know see news 12 they use somebody's flip phone camera video to to broadcast the news you know look at this and it's like someone's shaking their camera i'm like you really put that video out 
You know, like that's the production value that you're allowing your organization to have. Like, yeah, it's like the simpler, the better, you know, the the shittier, the better, because it's like, oh, look, you know, look at this. Yeah, well, you know, you come from an area where, you, you know, you feel like you shouldn't provide a watered down version of anything. And the, the problem is, is in our society, sometimes that's the easiest thing to do. And like you said, it's being infiltrated by people that shouldn't be in the field because, like you said, they just want to be out there. They just want to be like, I have a, you know, a say or, or look at me, you know, X, Y, Z factor. And that's why you said people are, are you know, coming into that field more. That probably shouldn't be there. No. I think that there, there will be a benefit to it because some people that would never have a niche for it, like yourself, all of a sudden realize, holy, this is my place. And then once you get to that point, like I said, you're just like, wow. Like I said, with me and in, uh, in teaching, all of a sudden you, you sit there and you've had professors and you're like, dude, you suck at this. You suck. Yeah. But you've got a PhD and you're respected in this field. And you're like, I could do this job so much better than you and so more effective mm-hmm. and so much, much more effective. And then so in your aspect, you know, you've got that situation where you're in the same thing with media and you're like, dude, this is not right. You know, I could do this 10 times better. But, you know, circling back to the content and like being influenced and stuff like it's so crazy how like how watered down everything is and at the same time how easily influenced everyone is and then i feel like the higher ups i don't know who's running what you know for what platform but they take people that that are you know i don't know like have a previous background of being followed and they use those people to push whatever message they want to push of course and 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 why it's because they got a proven track record you know i mean whenever you follow that route where you get people that have been successful at gathering large bunches of people you know, for whatever purpose, you know, that's who you utilize down the road. I mean, that's why you see actors revisit, you know, certain products again, mm-hmm. or that's why you see like uh, politicians, you know, will be moved from the state level to the federal level, you know, because they're, I'm no longer going to be a state senator. I'm going to be this, you know, and I'm going to run for president or sure. something. But I mean, it's it's because they've had that, that following and uh, and that's how they progress. Part of human nature is moving up that, that evolutionary ladder in whatever you're doing, you know, and, and for a lot of people, that ladder is important because with, with it comes prestige or whatever. So in any kind of job, you know, people want to get up to the next rung because like you said, we see them from below and say, well, we can do it better than they can, you know, so that, that progression up is... is but that process is not expedited in any way. And everyone, no. everyone thinks it is, I think, nowadays. And at the same time, there's there's companies that you know don't respect the people that want to move up there's there's certain patterns that they have to follow to get there while other people remain dormant and staying at the, sure. the same area so so it is difficult in some places or it's not vetted like you said in other places that people just go right to the top yes because what i've seen steven like you know i would love your your opinion on this is i've said this so many different times if you do something bad good enough you will not be scolded you'll actually be rewarded So, you know, it's like like for somebody, let's just say somebody takes, you know, back in the day, if, you know, you you put any Disney characters in front of your business, you know, you're going to get a cease and desist from Disney if someone sees it somehow, somewhere. But now somebody makes a TikTok and they they make a, a, a... a bedazzled version of Mickey Mouse or whoever, and instead of like, oh my God, this got 30 million views, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. okay, it's still copyright infringement or, you know, uh, you know, defamation, whatever, whatever <laughs> law that it was still was, but, but since it got so many views, they're like, actually, we'll take that idea and we'll endorse you, you know, rather than, you know, you know, sending you a cease and desist letter. It's like, oh, how did you do that? So if you do something bad, good enough, you're endorsed. Same thing with Snoop Dogg. You know, I, I mentioned him a lot, but like for me, he's in the public eye. It's you his know? track record, you know? I mean, they had it where he was idolized by a certain group and that group ages just like everybody else. So, I mean, they, they can, you know, the group that's been following him since the mid 90s, they're probably still, you know, tuning into him with Martha Stewart. 
you know, because you've had that audience, you know, they know who he is. He's a cold yeah. figure. And the problem is, is like, yeah, it doesn't matter how derogatory the things are that he does. Like, how do, you have, how do you have Cardi B and Nicki Minaj doing <laughs> voice characters for Disney characters? Yeah. And, well, and ha- how? Like they said, talk about, you know, wet ass <laughs> all that. They they got rid of the, 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 you know, baby it's cold outside song. But yet the, the t- number one song on the chart for two months during that period was wet ass <laughs> Yeah. Well, so, like oh, said, like what? The companies are selling out. The companies are selling out and going for the money. They know that these people are going to produce money, push their moral values aside. That's and they it. say, you know what? We're going to do this because this is what's going to you know, take the cake. Like because, explicit material, yeah. sex, drugs, and exactly, money, rock and roll, all that. If you think about those executives and whatnot, they're mm-hmm. there for, you know, say they're there for 12 years. All they're doing is, you know, you're getting closer to retirement. You're making as much money as you possibly can to retirement. You're not trying to leave the place better, you know, morally or financially responsible than when you got there. You're going to take But what about place. the kids, dude? But that's the whole thing. The kids is, you know, they're sitting there and they're like, well, if you're a good parent, your kids won't know who Nicki Minaj is when they're nine years old. Meanwhile, then I turn on Nickelodeon or Disney and then she's either voicing a character or hosting <clears throat> a show. Exactly. And that leads the kids to experiment more with, you know, getting in their devices and looking up these people and seeing the explicitness of it. And then that's where, you know, the whole parental thing. So the, the f- audacity for, you know, you know, higher ups putting those people in positions to influence my kids or <clears throat> the kids is 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 like so appalling to me you know it's everyone's so ready to attack kanye and it's like at least the dude's speaking his mind you know what i mean like how can you be mad at for somebody to speaking their mind and if he's sick he's sick you know get him some help but that they don't even want to address the fact that that you know these girls that are shaking their ass on tv and and, and music and all this shit it's good and then oh those are the people they can they can host the shows for the kids and and, and you know tell them that this is a good idea or to do this or be there or, yeah like you said the the whole what the whole vetting of those people and, and making the decisions are, you know, are, are made in a room that w- we'll have no idea what takes place. Probably yeah. a bunch of people that are sitting there that, you know, are, are weighing the pros and cons of everything. And then, you know, they have to do it. I mean, I heard about, you know, Kanye's comments. I heard it took Adidas a very long time for them to come to the conclusion that they're not going to deal with his items anymore and, and break the contract, which was a huge deal for them. You know, so, I mean, there are people who... Um, you know, who make those decisions and, uh, you know, ultimately, you know, how they get up there, you know, climb the ladder that we're talking about earlier. Uh, you know, who knows? You know, but they're the ones that do, you know, produce. The it reminds me of like WWF back in the day, like Eddie Guerrero, lie, cheat and steal. You know, like that was his M.O. That was his mantra, lie, cheat and steal. And everyone loved it. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm pretty sure that was his name and that was his thing. So it's like, well, it follows the premise. You know, I mean, it's harder to work. You know, it's more difficult to work hard and get the things that you want than it is to lie, cheat and steal, because then you could obtain the things the fastest route. You know, lie, cheating and stealing is the quickest way of getting, you know, to those those means that you believe you want, mm-hmm. you know, not the stuff that you need, but the things you want. Um, but yeah, if you're going to work hard, it's going to take excessive period of time and no yeah, one wants to deal with the grind. Nobody. And then, you know, they look at somebody like me, they're like, oh, you, you know, you're this amount of age and you've said you've done this and you've accomplished this, but you only drive a Honda. Yeah. You know, and well, then because me- that's because some people place the value of you on what you're driving. Yeah. And that's where, you know, you have to turn to them and be like, look, man, I'm very satisfied with who I am. Yes. Even though I drive a Honda. If you're not, you know, 20 something <laughs> with a Lamborghini, a couple girls with their ass hanging out and, and, you know, jewelry on, you're nobody. Yeah. That's, you know, that's unfortunately, you know, what, what people find is successful in this country yeah. is that type of person. It's spun out of control with the successful rate of this country when you have uh, Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk and these people worth billions mm-hmm. and yet they're not using their money for the best cause possible. Yeah, you know, no, and right. when you see like Bill Gates who is, you know, 
who does a, a ton for society and a, a ton for different you know groups. And uh, these other guys, it, it's ridiculous. I had read one thing that said that Bezos during COVID, he had made um, so much money um, in the span from that uh, March from lockdown till September that he could have given every employee at Amazon an $80,000 raise and not had tipped into um, and not set them back financially more than they had started. So he'd actually grossed so much in profit mm -hmm. that he could have literally given every employee an $80,000 raise. You know what, what that would have done for our economy? How many Amazon employees across the country would have gotten an $80,000 raise where that money would have gone? Because, I mean, it would have been spent because, you yeah. know what, Amazon employees are going to spend money. Well, yeah, You, not, you give yeah. $80,000 to a person who's got 275000 in the bank, mm -hmm. all you're going to have is someone with, you know, Three hundred and twenty-five thousand dollars in the bank. Yeah. You know who doesn't care because they don't need the money. They're not going to spend it. Yeah. But I mean, if they did decide to do something with their money, I mean, things could be accomplished. It's just so weird because you have these influence of like, okay, here's street life. Street life is glorified, and then you got like things that happen, like the shutdown, the government pandemic, and all that, blah blah blah. And then they 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 were starting to give people money that they never even seen before. Too. This is switching gears a little bit. The sure. twelve hundred dollars stimulus checks for the people that were making minimum wage, mm -hmm. and that money all went into the black market because most of it because half of the people that are getting that money were influenced or are influenced by the, the social icons that are saying buy drugs and go to the strip club and all this stuff. So it's like the government's handing out these fat checks and people are just, you know, going out and spending it on the black market. It did nothing for the economy. <clears throat> well, I don't know. Uh, well, for me, you know, I spent it on, you know, paying down debt and, uh, and having some home renovations done, you know. So, I mean, I was able to get caught up a little bit. Um, my friends around me and my, you know, base, you know, the people I assume with, you know, we spent it, you know, we spent it on things that, you know, very few of them saved it, but necessity stuff too, sure. you know, people went out and bought tires, people went out and, you know, and, and, you know, did some positive Which you were, you were hoping that that was what happened <clears throat> with that money. But I mean, you know what, uh, if the government's going to go sit there and bail out the car industry and they're going to bail out the banks, you might as well bail out the American person, you mm. know, I mean, come on now, you know, I, I have nothing to do with, you know, Ford. And then when that whole shit went down in 2008 and the government said, we're going to step in and help them, I, it took me a while to understand and comprehend what exactly was going on. And what happened was, is with the car industry, there were so many people working for the car industries that if it collapsed, the state unemployment in Michigan would have collapsed itself, mm. which would have needed federal government dollars to come in and step in, which would have you know, took our, our domestic gross profit and driven it down the toilet because you'd have to be paying all these hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people that work in the car industry, unemployment every month, yeah. every week, yeah. you know, so that money would have depleted it. And no company should get so big where it drains the state's unemployment. But that's what the car industry was. So, I mean, the car industry had to be saved. And I was sitting there and I was like, was I glad my tax money is going to Ford? I'll never buy Ford. Mm -hmm. But the point is, is that that's where it was going, to Chrysler, this and that. So when the SUVs started getting smaller and people stopped buying SUVs. They stopped the making V6s yeah. and they stopped doing all this shit. And dude. everyone's like, okay, well, what's going on? I'm like, I don't care. Because, you know, what? the few that want them will go find it and, and be able to buy it. But do we need these, you know, these huge gas guzzlers, you know, that are sitting out there, you know, that are too big to fail? Um you know, constantly being made. Like, there's a niche. There's a, a certain group of people that are going to buy those. That's mm -hmm. absolutely fine. But to mass produce them on a level where you have tons left over every year, and you're like, Jesus Christ. Yeah, not a good idea. No, and not just that. But, I mean, you drive down the car dealerships. You ever think about, like, a car dealership when you're looking by and you pass one car dealership, a second car dealership, a third car dealership? How much water they must spend on washing those cars to yeah. put them on the lot? Yeah. Because every bad weather, and you're like, there's hundreds of cars that need to be washed. Yeah. And you're like, but that 
car wash, are they doing anything more for the water for that town? No. 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 They're just depleting the reservoirs because they want to wash their cars so they can sell their cars to make profit. Yeah, well, they're, that, it dives into so many things. It's like new development in places when you add new apartments. It's like, well, there's 300 new families. Well, how you know how's that going to work? One example is like Hackettstown. I know in Independence and Great Meadows, they're putting up you know apartment buildings. Sure. New ones. And my sister's on the fire department. They don't have a fire truck that goes three stories. Exactly. Yeah. So it's like, did you think about that? And before? they're not, because then all of a sudden, what they're going to have to do is they're going to have to pass some referendum in the town to expand the elementary school, you know, and put on an extra addition because now you got 300 new units. Well, did you think they're not coming with kids? And then you get into the whole, you know, mix of like why things in our society are slowly, you know, dissipating into, you know, you know, uh, the point where you can't even, you know, fix a lot of it, where yeah. you just have to add on and they band-aid everything until, you know, we can get ourselves in a better predicament. And another thing, you know, like talking about the education and the systems a little bit, like people talk about free college. When I was in school on economics, they taught me free college is not a good thing at all. Because what happens is the people that can go to university or a university, however you say, it depends where you're from, I guess some mm. people out of state or out of country call it just university. <laughs> so, um, but when you go to a university, you know, you're either accepted through an educational opportunity program or or, or a grant or some type of scholarship or you have really good grades, right? You go in there and, you, and you, or you can afford it. Your parents can afford it. So, And then the people that necessarily can't, either can't afford it or don't have the best grades or maybe, you know, whatever it is, they go into county. And then the people that can't afford or can't get into county go into trade school or want to take a different route. But if you make county college free, the county college more or less doesn't necessarily have a GPA requirement to get in. But as soon as you make it free, all of a sudden CCM might now put a 3.0 GPA requirement to get in. So now the people that would normally go in there won't even make it in there because the kids that are want to go to university say, why would I just go to university when I could just do two years to my county college and then and then go out from there? So then you're you're messing up the enrollment opportunity for the kids that normally would might get that that junior college education won't get it anymore problem is is that ultimately when you're when you're dealing with the community college the free community college the, the problem is is where's the money going to come from um because then uh you're talking about increasing the amount of full-time faculty you're going to need staff for the you know the even land you know for parking spaces and stuff like well, that's that. what i'm saying they're gonna have to <clears throat> eliminate something somewhere yeah and 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 it's and it's difficult in that sense they're not going to be able to disseminate and be able to to put any restrictions because it's a community college. But you know, like you said, the thing is, is that uh, other schools um, might be able to, you know, uh, readjust their articulation agreements with those uh, community colleges because they don't like the product that's being pumped out. So they might raise it. Uh, the, the problem with um, school finances in, in general is that it, in, no one's capped it. No one's in, in, in politics is, is taking it on and needs to take it on because the situation is just getting worse. Um, as more grants and student aid is available, uh, it increases the prices of colleges. And why? Because they can. So that's why you go and you find a book that's $165 for a class when if you were to buy it, you know, off the you know the street is twenty eight dollars you know but why is it so expensive well it's in need and there's gonna be a new edition next year and we have to sell books and that's what we have to do well, and according to half <clears throat> these rappers and and all these you know people online and the videos I watch I don't have to go to school and it's stupid yeah well you know that's unfortunately that's the path that they've been able to, to anybody to that goes to college is an idiot and they're not making millions and driving a Lambo yeah exactly so and, and that's the thing is like you know those people are gonna put that and flaunt that in people's faces who are educated because they're gonna be like look what I have. Like 50 Cent, I told you, you know, um, he tweeted the other day, you know, I didn't go to Harvard, but the people that work for me do. Yeah. Or did. That goes to uh, the whole premise of like, look how fast I'm able to, to do this. And that's the thing. Like I said. And how did he do it? He was able to break into, uh, you know, to the scene, whether it was from movies or it was, you know, getting into a record label to sign them. But he was able to backdoor it. 
into you know into our society. So, and I understand that was his way out, and maybe Nicki Minaj shaking her ass that was her way out. There's a different end of the spectrum, though. There's you know the people like the Mark Zuckerbergs who who, who go their route, who used education okay. as their thing, and they said, "Hey, now look at me. I'm the owner of Facebook, and you know X, Y, and Z, and everyone uses it. And you know what? Snoop Dogg uses my Facebook, and you know all these people. And they, so they're like, yeah, you're not, you know." I'm where I am because of X, Y, and Z. And then you got LeBron James, who, you know, goes a different route and, you know, gets up there and whatnot and, and values education, but at the same time doesn't have one himself, you mm-hmm. know. He he never sought that out. Now, maybe he will after his playing days are over. I mean, I'm always, you know, look back at some of the um, the people like Shaquille O'Neal and some of the people who, who left school early and go back to finish their education just to go finish it. You know, that's always important to me to see the people you, do that. You told me that when I was in college. You said, for example, I, you know, I don't know how financially stable Justin Bieber is or whatever it is for now, but I remember you told me somebody like that that gets famous very young in their mid thirties when they can't produce anymore or they're too old, they're they could be in trouble. No one ever taught them life skills, yeah. how to write a check, how to do this, how to do that. Everyone else did it for them and just drained their money. So by the time that they're, you know, out of their prime or not doing what they're supposed to be doing, they have no structure or protocol or anything that they could fall back on. Yeah. Or certificates it, or degrees or anything. Yeah, and it's a shame because I see a lot of the uh, professional athletes falling into that. They just become <laughs> spokespeople. Yeah. And then uh, I forget the percentage of, of football players that after their uh, six years in the NFL, they, you know, two years later, they don't have a dime to their name and they have to take jobs as coaches at high schools and stuff like that because i mean they're just that desperate for for work because you know your career is short-lived in that sense you know i mean it's it's difficult but so what have you accomplished do you have any accolades that you want to share with everybody um you know i you know advanced degrees or advanced degrees i don't see them as an accomplishment uh you know there's a lot of things it's it's difficult to you know to express what you accomplished like i said sure. my barometer is uh you know when when I get someone through and they get their degree and knowing that they graduated, that's a huge thing. Yeah. I mean, that's me. Hello. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, you know, that's the accomplishment. I mean, I can have diplomas with, you know, a bunch of initials after my last name and, and it really doesn't mean anything to me. It was, it was part of the process. Sure. You know, the people who run the marathon, they run it because they can, you know? So I mean, academia is the same thing with me. I, I go through it because I can. And, uh, you but know, it doesn't piss you off a little bit that like <clears throat> somebody made a song about drugs and that it has a million dollars now, and you're like, well, shit, I could have did that. Well, there's a lot of things that you know, I you know, I, I sit there and say, shit, I could have done that. But I mean, right? at the same time, you, you sit there and you're like, do I want to do that? You know, I, I'm kind of happy being the low key guy that I am and, and not getting the publicity and driving the Honda and not getting yeah. the thousand looks because I don't I don't need my life any more complicated than it is. Sure, and sure. these people do. They do. They, because... For me, it pisses me off so bad because it's like you rap about this or you, you talk about this and you're talking about explicit life and then you want to circle back and then do something that now I'm doing too. You want to now influence the kids. You didn't have good intentions from the beginning. How many football players, you know, do we hear about that do stuff and whatnot and they come back as commentators and whatnot and you hear about their personal life and it's like this guy's beaten his wife. Oh, and, this all guy's the time. Too, and you're sitting here like, and he's on TV? Yeah. Oh, why? You know, well, yeah, because morally we don't care. This guy sells it. He's going to watch it. And guess what? I'm sitting there watching it that day, watching this, you know, guy who's been, you know, arrested for domestic violence on two different occasions tell me what the spread on the Giants game is. Yeah. You know? And you're it's, just it's, like, yeah. It's you, mind-blowing, too. It, it is. You can't, you know, idolize anybody in life. You know, you have you to. Can't. You can Besides because, Curtis Mack. <laughs> exactly. Because, I mean, everyone seems to let you down. You know, as you go through, you find something in their closet that you're just like, oh, my Christ. And the next thing you know, you know, here's here's this guy with this and this guy with this. And you're like, 
I should have known. Overall goals, maybe going into whatever you started, or what, maybe new ones uh, when you it, started, and you're when you know from nine years I, old. Or? Just as I get older, I, yeah. I think that the only goals is, is that I have is to uh, to try to find people like myself. And make sure they continue the mission, you know, in, in that way of like sitting there doing everything that, uh, you know, that's that's morally the right thing to do. Morally I mean, sound. Yeah. I mean, it's like, you know, what, leave the, the world a better place, you know, than it was when we were here. That's not the case anymore, Steve. There's I probably know. one out it's, of a million people that think that way. But it's that's the that's the whole point. The whole point is, is that, you know, what, if you're going to have kids and they're going to inherit this earth, you know, what, you want it to be a better place for them. We're going to be long gone, you know, when their kids have yeah. kids and their kids have kids. But I mean, the point is, is that, you know what, is, you know, this isn't, this can't be enough. You know, this can't be, you know, we can't be okay with the way things are, you know, because we're leaving it for them, you know, and I, I apologize to my kids all the time. And I say, sorry, you know, because we didn't do a good enough job protecting this place. And then ultimately we're leaving you shit. And I said, Hey, if you don't want to have kids, I a hundred percent support you, man. Yeah. I, if I don't never come a grandfather, maybe that'll be my happy moment knowing that my kids are just going to live the life that they want to live. And when they're done, they're done, you know, because I mean, maybe the burden of, you know, of, <laughs> of us in society is people like me in society is, is knowing that there's going to be generations behind us that have to endure all the shit that we didn't fix, you know? Yeah. Agreed. So, so um, yeah. Is there uh, anything we didn't cover today? I think uh, it was a good roundabout for today. It was. And, and we'll chop it up and throw it back and forth. Uh, if you want to be reached, how can you be reached? You can reach out to my email. You know, as Steve underscore Macmillan at hotmail.com. And now, can they reach out for you maybe for private tutoring or maybe some, what, what would you yeah, say? Yeah, at least could... if, if I'm not available, you know, we could try to hook you up with someone who is or find, you know, a way that, uh, you know, we can get you the help that you need to get. Because, I mean, ultimately, there's a lot of people out there and a lot of people willing to help and a lot of people that need help. So if we can get the two of them linked together, then, you know, everyone's going to be happier. What message would you give, maybe not your kids or my kids or me, but anybody out there that's watching that's that's younger that is so easily influenced by anything online and all they sure. have is their phone, that's their escape? What 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 is your message to them? you got to be true to yourself. You know, at the end of the day, you got to be happy with who you are. You know, not who you aspire to be, not your goals that you want to accomplish because things change. You know, but just be, you know, good to who you are. You know, you be that individual. If, you know, hugging your mom at 17 and kissing her on the cheek and saying I love you in front of your friends is, is what you do, don't stop doing that because your friends are the people around you because they'll accept it. You know, you do what you're going to do. What's you? You know, you be your true individual self. I think uh, too many times, you know, we adjust. You know, people, they, they're embarrassed about what people are thinking. Mm -hmm. Life's too short to worry about those embarrassments. Spotlight so effect. Everyone, yeah. you think oh, everyone's always looking at you, but it's not the case. Yeah, friends uh, come and go. You know, people come and go. You know, family's important, you know, and ultimately, you know, just got to be true to yourself. I remember Dr. Severe made our whole class uh, remember the, the definition of success according to the On Course book, and it was success is staying on course to your desired outcomes and experiences, gaining happiness, wisdom, and self-worth along the way. Yeah. That's so, perfect. you know, it's like if you whatever you're doing is if you're not gaining happiness, wisdom or self-worth, if it's not taking you on course to your desired outcomes and experiences, stop that right now and cut it off. Exactly. Any shout outs? No. Nah, don't really. Have your wife or your kid? Oh, well, if, if they ever uh, tune in, you know, I just tell them that, um, you know, the for them to be themselves and that I love them very much. Sure, sure. Um, so final thoughts. It's it's good to hit on topics and, you know, get people's perspective on things because, I mean, at least the one thing that this is going to do is going to make people think, you know, and if they look twice about, you know, doing X, Y, and Z, well, that's important because they, at least you reach somebody. 
But I mean, hopefully, you know, they take something away from it and sure. not just listen to two dudes talk. Yeah, well, that's <laughs> the point, really. And and a guest I'm going to have, I invited to the studio, Anthony. Um, he's an artist, and he told me that there's actually like a psychological aspect to it, in the point where like like humans have adapted to you know in the world where like if they see something glimmering, that's because their natural instinct to find water to survive. Sure. Right. So he said, you know, the higher ups actually know that and they use that and manipulate that. That's why everyone has all the jewelry and the bling and the, and the shiny and the glimmer, the water, the drip, all that, all the new language that they use because mm-hmm. that they're they're tapping into your most primitive instincts. It's definitely a possibility. I can't say that it's not. You know, I mean, ultimately, you know, they take advantage of that that in a lot of ways whether it's you know crocodile brain right yeah i mean uh you go into retail stores you know the music's specifically played for specific reasons you know the smells when you go into certain areas are for specific reasons they're they're trying to get in tune with all your senses and whatnot visual merchandising marketing you know everything the the front way things are facing mm-hmm. you know the levelness of things there's you walk into a retailer it's, it's all stage it's it is it's smoke and mirrors and, people and it's it's everything and our society is like that it's not just the retail world and whatnot or, no society is yeah. stage I know that's the point. It's like wake up and uh, just do your own thing. Well, that's the problem. Is that you know what? There's no one's successful by doing their own thing in in yeah, other people's you're minds. Looked down on. Yeah. yeah. And so I mean, dude, it, what they just need to be, like I said, if, if you're comfortable with yourself and you're happy with who yourself is, then it doesn't make a difference. You know, and that's the problem is that too many people aren't that way. It really takes like a you know a, a really great relationship with another individual, and then the two of you just end up shunning yourselves from society why because you're great together i feel like i want to be part of the beastie boys (laughs) i wish i had a group i could just kick it with but i don't i don't think anybody would sign up with me for that you know (laughs) but yeah it's like if you have like-minded people that have the same goal but good luck you know good luck finding you know goal task oriented people people that keep a schedule people that are okay with what other people say and and, and, you know ridicule and all that kind of shit too so even if you do get two like-minded individuals something usually happens in a partnership where things just i mean if it's like two chefs in a kitchen right yeah look at the success of of music musicians and and groups that have worked together and whatnot actors you know like that have have worked in films together i mean ultimately you know they don't finish out their lives together you know i mean ultimately they go in their different own ways someone yeah. does a solo album someone does the rights of books someone does something yeah but i mean yeah it, it's good for the time being you make money you, you enjoy what you're doing and whatnot and then it ends you know when it ends is up to the individuals i guess sure yeah, so thank you for listening. Uh, stay tuned for more content. I apologize if you don't like our rants or our way <laughs> a way of you know looking at things. Um, but it seems that things have changed. I'm a '90s baby, you know, and and like everything has changed. I used to use flip phones and didn't have to use the area codes. And even back before that, you had house phones. And we've seen technology change. We're almost the millennials feel like the gap between the the, the ones above us and the one behind us. Yeah. All right. Thanks for listening. All right. Cool. <laughs> <laughs>